This is Dave LaGreca of Busted Open, and I know two extremely passionate fans about AEW, Paul Zartman and Tanner Lee. That's right, Paul and Tanner. I love what they bring to the table on the Kicking Out Podcast. That's right, the Kicking Out Podcast with Tanner Lee and Paul Zartman. Are you listening to me? If you want the latest on AEW and you're an AEW fan and you want to get the scoop, you listen to Paul and Tanner right now on all podcast forums. I'm talking, you go to the podcast store, you lay down your money, and you buy the Kicking Out podcast. You do it now. If you love AEW, you'll love Tanner and Paul. It is Wednesday night, February 23rd, 2022, and you're listening to a brand new episode of the Kicking Out Podcast. I'm your host, Tanner Lee, back this week, along with my co-host, Paul Zartman. Paul did a great job doing a solo podcast last <laughs> week, way better than when I did a solo podcast back in 2021. So kudos to you, Paul, for holding down the fort and holding down the show last week. Well, I think uh, my radio experience kind of helps that a little bit. I'm used to talking to people by myself. So. Very true. Very <laughs> true. But I thought but, uh, you did a real good job. You did a good job recapping Dynamite. You did a good job of, of course, of course, the week I go on vacation. The biggest AEW story, maybe since the creation of AEW, breaks last week in the news that Cody Rhodes, one of the founders, if you will, of AEW, one of the EVPs, the face of AW, according to a lot of people, it was announced last Tuesday on my birthday that uh, he <laughs> and his wife, Brandy Rhodes, would be leaving the company and not uh, re-upping their contracts. Uh, yeah. Happy yeah. birthday that, to you, Cody fan. Yeah, yeah that, I'm not going to lie. It was a little of a bummer of a morning when that came across. I was eating breakfast. My girlfriend and I were eating breakfast, and I see something come across my phone, and I kind of check it out. I'm like, maybe, hopefully this isn't true. And then literally like two minutes later, AEW makes their statement. Cody makes their statement, his statement. And I'm like, well, yep. there it is. I guess it is. And then true. Brandy made her shortly after Cody did. So they were all really carefully worded. Very carefully. Um, you know, a lot of gratitude and respect both ways. Um, looked like it was planted to where no bridges are burned, at least in the public's eye. We don't know behind the scenes, but still just a very shocking announcement last week. I mean, I, I heard your thoughts. I thought you had really good thoughts on it. I've listened to a lot of podcasts talk about it. I've read a lot of articles speculating about it out there on the websites. Um, my thoughts have changed a lot in the past week on it, but um, it was definitely one of the more shocking things because like we had been mentioning it was public knowledge he'd been working without a contract. Oh, I absolutely. Think we, we both at least thought, eh, something's got to get done eventually. Yeah, I was waiting for the announcement that, uh, you know, oh, Cody is re-signed. And I even text you. I said, uh, the I think the big signee tonight's Cody. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't and, the case. And um, there's just so many interesting things about this. Um, 
and one thing I kept thinking in the back of my head before the announcement was made was for weeks when he was working without a contract, he was still on all the graphics for the shows coming up. So I'm like, okay, that's why I'm thinking, oh, he's definitely resigning. They're, they wouldn't go through the trouble of making the, him on the graphics in front and center on all the graphics if he wasn't going to resign. Well, yeah. Well, did I know that didn't matter. Um, right. But it just, I think what makes it such a big deal is not only is it the first big name to leave AW and I mean, he, I guess it's not a done deal that he's going to WWE, but all speculation is that's where he's going and say he does go to WWE. Not only is it the big first big name that WWE's pride away from AEW, but it is arguably the face of the company. I mean, I would, yeah. I would put this, and this is going to sound really weird, so I'm going to have to explain why I'm saying this. Okay. I would put this in, in relation to if AEW was to get John Cena from WWE. Now, John Cena is a lot bigger star than Cody, a lot more known around the world. But as far as being the face of the company and kind of flag bearer, that's kind of what I compare it to right now. That's why it's so shocking and such a big deal. I, I always think of it as if Undertaker had gone to WCW. That's you know? the type of thing that this is, in my opinion. I mean, you know, AEW is a young company. It's only in his third mm-hmm. year. But Cody, without Cody Rhodes, there is no AEW. He was one of the founding fathers of AEW. He, I, he fronted a lot still... of the money for All Out, which led to, or All In, which led All to in. AEW. Yeah, he and the Bucks. And then and, and there was a whole thing with Cody and Meltzer on Twitter and, and taking up the bet that they couldn't, that American promotion Outside WWE couldn't sell out a 10,000 seat venue, and they did that in minutes. Uh, but, and, you know, when Cody left WWE, he bet on himself. He made himself a bigger star. He made himself even a bigger star in AEW. Um, but I thought it was AEW life for Paul. I really did. Oh, I did too. I, I yeah. never, you know, I, I thought if the first big name to go to WWE or go back to WWE, I always thought it might be Chris Jericho, to be honest. Okay, but it sounds like Jericho's re-upped his deal and signed a re- yeah. renewed renewed his deal, and and that's another piece of the puzzle that and maybe we'll never know, and maybe maybe right. we will years down the road. Conrad Thompson does a podcast with Cody years down down the road, and we figure out what exactly <laughs> went down. But supposedly, a lot of places are saying that a lot of these original deals were three year deals with an extra option that Tony could pick up. Supposedly, mm-hmm. that was in the Cody contract, and Tony didn't pick it up. Oh, Tony could have put a stop to this. So that makes me think there's definitely some clashing there. Um, Oh, yeah. And I think the more I, you know, I I heard Kenny's interview on um, the Wrestling Observer. Kenny doesn't think it was money related. A lot of people do. A lot of people think Vince threw a bunch of money at him. And he probably did. But I don't think it was anything that Tony couldn't have matched. I think at the end of the day, it was creative differences. I think it it was. Go, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead. I, I think, in my opinion, I think it was creative differences and the fact that, that when Cody walked out the door from WWE, he bet on himself that he would be a much bigger star and he wanted to show Vince that he could be a main eventer, that yeah. he could carry a company, that he could carry good gold and make titles relevant. And he did that in AEW. Right. right. No, you're not wrong. And he's definitely a bigger star now than he was six <laughs> years ago. Um, yeah, by miles. But uh, I, I think it was creative differences because if you remember right when when AW started, the four AVPs, Cody, Kenny, and the Bucks, 
they had a lot of creative control. Since then, supposedly since kind of the start of 2020, Tony Khan's been pretty much doing everything by himself because he took a lot of those controls away. I don't think things have been the same for Cody ever since then, even though, I mean, Cody, Cody had my favorite match in AEW history, and that was at Double or Nothing 2019 against his brother Dustin. I mean, I right. have the two-pack of the, the Blood and Guts Blood Brothers uh, ringside exclusives over here sitting to my left right now. And, and uh, I mean, that was my, my favorite match in AEW to date, and he had some good stories I liked. I liked his 2020. I liked he was the first TNT champion. I like what he did with the TNT title there in the pandemic, bringing in the likes of Eddie Kingston, uh, Ricky Starks, you know, guys like that, that if that TNT open challenge doesn't happen, they're probably not in the company. Um, right. You know, he, in 2021, I wasn't too, I didn't really like some of the stories. It kind of, it kind of felt like he went on Cody Island as some people call it. Or the <laughs> yeah. Cody verse. Um, I didn't really like the nightmare uh, factory. And, and or the factory and the nightmare family stuff. I didn't like it, the Anthony Gogo stuff. Um, and the, the Malachi stuff was was okay. It was hit or miss. I thought it went on a little too long. So 2021 was weird, but I was intrigued to see where his character was going in 2022 because he won the TNT title from Sammy, then lost it in, in, a, in a, what ended up being his last match in a great ladder match. Um, but, you know, he kept teasing the pedigree, kept teasing this heelish character i was really intrigued to what 2022 was going to bring because he said it was going to be something it's going to take us on a ride well i feel it like he kind of all let us down and we don't get to see exactly how that ride was supposed to finish well i don't know part of me thinks that he already knew could have and you know we go back and forth why have sammy win it and then turn around and have this match again with Cody and why not just name him the actual champion and things like that. I think we're kind of seeing that now. I think at that point, Cody already knew I'm starting to feel like that promo he cut was a kind of not an F you to Tony, but a, uh, you know what? I guess if we can't agree, we can't agree. Right. And I think, and you know, I've read some other things. I read a thing with Meltzer said he had been talking to Cody recently and Cody said uh, he was ready to leave the territory pretty much what he said. So in reference to like his dad back in the territory days, sometimes you got to leave to keep your character fresh and get a refresh and get a new fresh start. Um, you know, if that's the case, then that promo he cut before the Sammy match makes it really interesting. Cause he kind of was almost like against the fans. Like you forget who helped start this company. You forget who went through the forbidden door and did all the things CM Punk said he was going to do and didn't do. So it's interesting rec in retrospect to look back at a lot of the things that happened to Cody and his character in the last few years, knowing now what we know. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm just, dis I'm disappointed because I enjoyed watching Cody Rhodes on, on, in AEW on my television every week. And I really was invested in his character and where it was going. And we just don't get to see how it plays out. And uh, in my question to you, Paul, is I guess if he does go to WWE, which a lot of the rumors are speculating, it might be sometime in April if he does, whether it be WrestleMania or the night after Mania, will that get you to tune in to WWE again? Or are you so far past that? you'll kind of maybe keep up with it on, on the dirt sheets or, or in on, on social media, but not still not tune in every week. You know, I have been kicking this around since last week, mm -hmm. uh, since it was finalized that he was leaving AEW. when mm -hmm. I thought, okay, it's just a big joke. Um, 
if he does go, I still I can't decide. I may watch his debut. Yeah. Uh, well, not if it's Mania because I'm not. I, I don't have the Peacock Network and I'm not buying it just for that. Yeah. In hopes he shows up. Um, if he does, I may subscribe to Peacock just to go back and rewatch the debut. Four ninety nine a month with with yeah. commercials. Yeah. I mean, it's not terrible. No. Um, I might watch every now and then just to yeah. see what's going on. But I flipped it on uh, SmackDown a couple weeks ago. And I looked at the card and I went, okay, here's what's going to happen. And that's what happened. Right. I can't deal with the soap being so predictable. Right. It, I, it, it kills me. I, I don't think I'll, I'll tune back in. I might, you know, flip over if I see he's debuting or something, but I'll mainly what I do with their product now. I'll keep up with them on the dirt sheets. I'm going back and forth already if I'm going to watch Mania this year. I mean, I've watched 10 straight. But this past year was the first time I didn't watch SummerSlam. First time I didn't watch a Royal Rumble that in years since I can remember. And I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to watch Mania this year. But um, to to Cody's credit of building his stuff up as much as he has since he left WWE, just think last week we got news that Cody Rhodes is leaving AW and that Stone Cold Steve Austin may be making his in-ring return. And Cody was arguably the bigger story of the two. Oh, it was. I Insane. mean, everybody, It. I mean, people were talking about Austin. This is exciting. This is great. Let's hope it happens. Wait, Cody's leaving AEW? Stone, Stone Cold who? What? What? No, I mean, it, everything switched to Cody. That yep. is amazing. It is. Um, it's credit to him and his work. And um, it's just tough for me to swallow because he was my favorite talent in AEW. I mean, I wish him and Brandy the best. If he's doing this for the best of his family, kudos to him, even if it's just right. to make more money. But it's just the things he said about WWE and, and smashing the throne at 2019 double or nothing, things like that. It's just it's hard to stomach him going back to the WWE. But ultimately, if he is continuing his wrestling career, which it really sounds like he's going to, at least for a couple more years, I think that's where he's going. I don't, I just don't see him going to Impact or New Japan or, or – um, uh, NWA, even though that NWA, NWA would be cool. Or, you know, I saw one rumor, maybe he buys ROH. <laughs> I, ROH I've seen that. Be, which would be cool. But I just, ultimately, I think I think he's probably going back to WWE. I've seen he's going to buy ROH. I've seen he's going to buy NWA. I've seen he's going to become a partner in Impact. I've seen he's retiring. I've seen he's going to start his own promotion. Right. Out backing from anybody else. I mean... <laughs> There, there is, this is one of those, it's a good time. I'm glad to be a fan of pro wrestling right now. Oh, it's it's a great time to be a fan of pro wrestling. Um, because, you know, there, there's no certainty. No, it's, a lot of anything times, can happen. Yeah, and I love that factor right now. So I mean, we've seen Punk return. We've seen, I mean, we've seen some crazy things this past few years. And um, it's just a big domino the fall for AEW, though. I mean, not only do they lose one of their premier talents, arguably the face of the company, but a, a person who had a huge role backstage. And yeah. you got to think, what's this going to do to the boys backstage? Do they start talking, you know, or wondering why did Cody leave and start chatting? And who, who's going to be the next one? Because if, if WWE can get him away, who's to say they can't get anybody else on the roster away eventually? Because now the contracts are starting to run up for the first time. This is WWE, WWE's first opportunity they've had to try to pluck some of those talents away from AEW. Yeah. Now let me ask you 
two questions. Well, it's one question in two parts. Okay. If he goes to WWE, how long is he there? And if he goes to WWE, to me, that's the biggest heel turn ever as an AEW wrestler. Sure. Um, I mean, he said he wants to wrestle till he's about 40. So that's four more years. I would say he ends his career in WWE. I mean, never say never. Maybe he returns to AEW if, if everything's good with, with him and TK. I, I don't know. I mean, I never thought he'd go back to WWE and look, he might do that. And he's said some said and, and done some action since he's left there that are pretty controversial. But um, I, I, I got to think if he goes back to WWE, he's going to get a, a big push, get some big matches, and maybe even a title run on one of the shows eventually. Yes. Um, now, we'll I, know, I, I know, know it's not AEW, but I want your thoughts on Lesnar, Reigns, title versus title, winner takes it all. They're They're obviously reuniting the titles here. Yeah, I think it's fun. Um, I think it's it's awesome. I mean, uh, baby face cowboy Brock, from what I've seen on social media, is awesome. Um, Brock's yeah. showing himself a whole different side to the fans. That's really fun. Left um, Heyman. I, I've always enjoyed watching Lesnar matches because they're unpredictable and they're exciting. Um, and Roman Reigns has been great since he's turned heel for WWE. I think they'll have Roman beat him. Because I think what they want is Roman to keep the title going clear in the next year's WrestleMania in LA and defend against The Rock. I think that's where okay. it, I think that's the direction they want to go. Um, but can they keep Roman hot for another year? That's the question. Ooh. I don't know. That's a lot. I mean, you're asking it. It would be unheard of in nowadays in professional wrestling for a champion to have in a big promotion like WWE to have a championship for three years. But uh, well, it looks like that's the direction they're probably going. But they could have him somehow lose one of the. If they're gonna still have them both separate. titles on them and yeah, separate shows because I don't know USA Fox if they want, I don't know how it's how it works out that way with the TV, but they could have them lose one of the titles, I guess, and maybe that's how Cody gets one if he does. Or this Cody debut during the match cost the match and in a double DQ, nobody know. loses their belt. If I was the WWE, I would hold them off till the night after WrestleMania. Oh, absolutely. Or tease that he might be present. Right. You know, just say something dashing is happening at WrestleMania and people are going to buy it. It'll be interesting if he has the same music that he's been using the past few years or what's his character going to be like. I mean, I mean, this is a big chance for WWE. This is all assuming he goes there. Right. They can't drop the ball with this one because this could have ripple do... effects. On yeah. other talent going over there because okay here's my question to you paul and then we'll move on from cody Rhodes again tonight's okay. dynamite, tonight's dynamite right. with fire and i'm sure everybody's tired of hearing about cody Rhodes from now but i wanted to give my thoughts since i missed last week but um okay so if cody does go to wwe who do you who could you see be the next or the next few guys potentially from aw that make a jump Ooh. um and some Man, can be big names. Some and they don't necessarily have to be big names. One I've been saying for a long time is Brian Cage. Yeah, I think. To be honest, I don't think he's going to be in AEW much longer because he hasn't been on TV even forever. No, no, because him and TK had a falling out. Right. He's just kind of writing out the contract. And he's the type of guy Vince seems to like. Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. Brian Cage will definitely uh, jump ship and go to WWE. Um, oh man, I don't know. I was kind of starting to think that Moxley might go, but yeah. now that he's clean, I don't know. 
and it's tough. I don't know all these. The AEW is a little different with their contracts compared to a lot of companies, because so it's tough to. But yeah, I, you know, Moxley said some things too. I think he's really happy, but I mean, this Cody move just makes my eyes open. And I'm like, is anybody safe? I mean, it just makes me Scorpio look at everybody sky. a little differently. Well, Scorpio just signed that big extension. Yeah, but it's like I still a five-year think... extension. Yeah, but you know, he could go at the end of the next one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, oh, and then then in that time, I think we'll have seen a lot of people jump, and we'll have seen a lot of other MJF. people join. MJF's the one I think. I think um, that's one to keep an eye on. Uh, I think. Yeah. I think that's literally going to be a bidding war. I mean, Wardlow's come out and said he's not interested. That's a guy I could see WWE being real interested. I think WWE is going to be interested in a lot of these talents. Um, in, in my, I guess my last thought because we saw a new talent debut tonight in AEW. <laughs> Maybe this was another reason Cody wanted out was because AEW keeps getting so top heavy in talent. Maybe Cody was afraid he was going to fall back further and further in the big time stories or in the, in the eyes of the fans, which I don't think it was the case. I thought he was always in pretty good stories, at least on position in the card, but right. AEW is getting pretty heavy with talent. I mean, I think it's a good problem to have to have too much talent rather than, rather than not enough, but it is hard to get all these guys TV time. Yeah. And uh, I'll give you my thoughts on something uh, as we recap dynamite okay. tonight. So well, let's get right into dynamite enough. Uh, Cody talk. Cause it's, uh, it's <laughs> very interesting, but it still kind of bums me out. To be honest. So oh, I find completely a new, agree. New, uh, new soul favorite in AEW. Good thing. I like a lot of superstars, but Ricky Starks. Yeah. He's a good one. Isn't he? He had a good match tonight. We'll talk about, uh, the show begins in Jim Ross, Excalibur, and Tony Schiavone welcome us to Bridgeport, Connecticut. Um, and then we see the AW Tag Team Champions, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus of the Jurassic Express, along with their, can I just call him a manager at this point? I think uh, so. Uh, Christian Cage come out because Christian hasn't wrestled in God knows how long. I'm wondering, I think I'm he's wondering transitioned he's into the manager role. Or if he's heard and we don't know about it or something. It could be, but, too. Uh, they make their way down to the ring to view the first match of the evening which is 10 tag teams surrounding the the ring awaiting the opening contest of the evening. It was a uh, over-the-top battle royale with both partners having to get eliminated to get the team eliminated. The winner would be one of the two challenging teams for Jurassic Express tag team titles at Revolution next Sunday. Those teams were Matt and Nick Jackson of the Young Bucks with Brandon Cutler, of course, FTR, Cash Wheeler, and Dax Hardwood with Tully Blanchard. 2.0, Matt Lee and Jeff Parker. Private Party, Isaiah Casti and Mark Quinn with Matt Hardy. The Dark Order, John Silver and Alex Reynolds. Red Dragon, Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish. The Best Friends, Trent and Chuck Taylor with Orange Cassidy. The Gun Club, or the Ass Boys, as I like to call them. Austin yeah. Gunn and Colton Gunn with their dad, Billy Gunn. The Butcher and the Blade, good to see Butcher back on Dynamite. He has beefed up. Yeah, he has. He has. Oof. And Santana and Ortiz. I yeah. like when they open dynamite with these types of matches. Oh yeah. These are always fun matches. They always set a good mood for the rest of the show and it's always high energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely is. Um, we saw a lot of eliminations going all over the place. Uh, Alex Reynolds, I think was the first mm-hmm. one, if I'm not mistaken, and then followed by the yes. blade. Yes. Um, we saw a lot of seeds planted. Um, basically it came down to four guys. Four different guys of teams. That was Dax Harwood of FTR, John Silver of Dark Order, Kyle O'Reilly of Red Dragon, and 
Matt Jackson of the Young Bucks. Uh, we see uh, Dax Harwood get eliminated by Bobby Fish, who was already eliminated. Yeah. So planting some seeds there for what would be a fun match in Red Dragon versus FTR, which oh, is interesting because yeah. both teams are heels. That would be still be a good match, though. Oh yes, it would. It would. Um, then we saw uh, John Silver get eliminated by Matt Jackson, who then Kyle O'Reilly turned on Matt Jackson pretty quickly, flipped him out. The winners, Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish of Red Dragon. So they're one of two challengers against Jurassic Express at Revolution. I had a feeling tonight's winners were going to be the Bucks or Red Dragon. But I also thought, hey, maybe Proud, uh, Proud and Powerful, Santana Ortiz. Yes. Maybe FTR. Um, there was a couple other teams I thought, but um, it makes sense with the, with the winning team, who it is. But I did love the crowd popping for certain things we saw within the match. I love that they popped for the Bucks and FTR's face-off because we got to see that again. We got oh, a great absolutely. match in, in Full Gear 2020, but we need to see it with a full house. They popped for Santana and Trent Beretta's face-off because remembering that great street fight. Oh, I yeah. love that the crowd was remembering all these little these little um, matches we've seen in the past. So I thought it was a very fun opening contest. Really enjoyed it. I loved the uh, segment where I don't remember who just threw somebody out, but Santana was standing behind him. It was the ass boys. It was, it was, uh, Austin Gunn was out and Colton Gunn was saying this and he just, he just, yep. (laughs) Yep. I thought that was great. Mm -hmm. It was, Uh, it just shows that they can do more than just wrestle. Yep. So yeah. Santana's, Santana's really starting to break himself apart. I think, I think he could be a single star. I really oh, do. Abs- I've thought so since Santana and Ortiz showed up. I, yeah. you know, Ortiz is just along because they needed a tag team. Right. Right. But, After um, the match, it got pretty interesting. Oh, yeah. We had AW World Champion Adam Hangman Page come down to the ring with a vengeance. He took out both Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish. The Young Bucks just watch on and they don't help, which is pretty interesting. Adam Cole comes down and sneaks behind Page looking for a super kick, but Page Catches it, takes Cole down, unloads shots, and looks for the buckshot lariat. But Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly make the save. Silver then takes out Red Dragon, and Page sets up a chair in the ring for story time with Adam Page, baby. Page says he and Cole's tale began back in 2008 with a smug little man named Adam Cole started when he started wrestling. And while he would win world titles all around the world, when his world started crashing down around him, he came back to his friends and to get the most prestigious title of all professional wrestling in the AEW World Championship. Page says, little did Cole know he's one step from entering a six-foot hole in that revolution. He's got to put... He's going to be put into that grave, and when he hears that sound, it'll be a buckstop, buckshot lariat, and that sound is boom. And then we saw him hit a lariat on Kyle O'Reilly. So, uh, there were a couple things here um, that I thought were interesting. One... Johnny Hungy of anybody taking out Red Dragon. To me, I know they're referencing the fact that they said that Hangman and Dark Order weren't friends anymore, but it also ties into BTE with the Adam Cole story between Red Dragon and uh, Silver and Reynolds. I thought that was great. Um, again, if you don't watch BTE, it probably seemed a little bit off. Uh, but if you are a fan of BTE, you were like, oh, hey, Silver got his vengeance for uh, the weird little 
rock out air instrument session they did. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean there's a lot of BT things kind of right there. Uh, I mean so many seeds planted. Of course the Bucks and Red Dragon, like I said, Red Dragon FTR. It was just it reminded me of why I love watching AEW so much. Absolutely, so a lot of good long term storytelling, and then mm-hmm. and um and then we'll get into later with the whole Cole Red Dragon and then Bucks Bucks segment too. Yeah, which Bobby Fish staying ringside kind of gave away that they were the ones winning tonight. Just saying. Good point. Good point. <laughs> Backstage, we saw Tony Schiavone with Brian Danielson. Tony asked Brian about Daniel Garcia. Brian says Daniel reminds him of himself when he's younger. And while Daniel's an excellent technician, he hangs around with the idiots 2.0. Brian turns his attention to John Moxley and says Moxley told him before they team together, they must bleed together. He'll get his answer tonight. We then headed to the first commercial break of the night. Yeah, it didn't seem like it was the first commercial break, but it truly was. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of action this week early on. We then hear MJF's music comes come on. He gets comes out to a pop, mostly of booze, of course. I'm gonna try to read a lot of this promo, <laughs> but put it in short too. It was, man, this was a good pro. MJF, powerful. Story. He is so good. Love him or hate him, he is just. It's scary how good he is. As I know. Age. Yeah, I mean, he's like, uh, what, twenty five? Yeah, I think twenty five. Yeah, right around there. Um, yeah, I'll Google it while you you cover right. the promo. He's making his way down to the ring. You can tell he has a sad look on his face. He tells the uh, announcer to cut his music early. He says he knows it's easy to think that he was raised with a silver spoon in his mouth, but the fact is, at one point in his life, the only reason he got out of bed in the morning was because of professional wrestling. He says he loves professional wrestling like the rest of the crowd. MJF says the day he met CM Punk as a kid, it meant everything to him. It wasn't just a Friday. He was just 11 years old with an attention deficit disorder. He says every single day for him at school was hell, but he was good at football, and he was one of the only two Jewish kids that tried out for the football team. MJF said he thought for the first time that he fit in one day when he saw his teammates walking up to him in the hallway. He thought he was going to make friends for the first time, but decided to throw uh, rolls of quarters at him as hard as he could. And uh, and said, pick it up, Jew boy, pick it up. He says he went home and cried and cried, but then he stopped because that night he was about to meet his hero, CM Punk, at an autograph signing. And that day meant everything to him. And after he got him his autograph, he promised himself that he was going to follow in CM Punk's footsteps and he was going to become the best in the world. MJF says in December 2013, he was bigger and stronger and had football scholarships coming in left and right. But he just wanted to become a professional wrestler. He wanted to follow his dreams and become the best in the world like his hero, CM Punk. He said he would practice promos in the mirror until his throat was dry or until he lost his voice, I believe. Yeah, he would watch wrestling tapes until, thank you, until his eyes bled all because he wanted to be like CM Punk. MJF says in January 2014, CM Punk left him when he needed him the most. And that's when he realized if the best in the world, how, how if he can't, can't become the best in the world, how can some five foot nothing ADD real Jew boy do it? CM Punk says he buried his dreams and went to college like a good boy until one day he was on Twitter and saw a picture of CM Punk shaking hands with Brian Danielson. CM Punk said he lived, he was livid and packed up his bags and went home and promised himself that he was going to become the best in the world in spite of CM Punk. MJF says he made that promise that whenever some kid that's getting bullied in school watches him on TV, he won't leave him like Punk did. And that revolution, Punk can do whatever he wants, but he'll never quit 
because that would mean he's a coward just like Punk. MJF says he's better than Punk, and Punk knows it. CM Punk makes his way down to the ring. Punk stands on the apron, and he and MJF just stare at each other. Punk eventually gets into the ring and asks MJF if that's true. MJF, with a tear coming down from his eye, says it's true and walked out of the ring. This was an amazing segment. I yeah, mean, this was, is probably the best MJF promo I've ever heard. Yeah, Twitter had absolute buzz. I mean, oh, absolutely. He, Everything he said, I was on that edge of my couch. He had me hook, line, and sink, sinker right away. I was waiting for him to twist it and say, just start breaking out to heal. But MGF made me feel sorry for him, Paul. Exactly. That's what's so good about this kid. Yeah. By the way, yes, he is 25. Okay. I mean, for a we, little know longer. What, we know what he's playing along in. He's trying to get in the punk's head. Oh, absolutely. But the fact that for one night... He made everybody feel sorry for him. And when he gets that emotional, you can see the little boy, the fanboy in MJF's eyes. Yes. Just, just great. The kid, he is Absolutely. so good. Yeah. So good. Uh, the, the, I mean, and again, he's 25. So yeah. you figure he's got another 15, 20 years, at least still under his belt to just get better. And is it bad it makes me want to see a bloodbath of the dog collar match even more now? No. <laughs> I am more hyped for this match now just because I know they're going to get all locked up because we already saw Punk kind of like questioning, you know, okay, look, I made this, I changed this kid's world around. I made him feel better. Maybe mm -hmm. I shouldn't do this. And he's going to be questioning it at the start of the match. And then MJF's just going to take advantage of him and beat the crap out of him for a few seconds. Until Punk realizes, oh, wait, and then it's just going to be even better. Yep, because remember, Punk's been tweeting he, slowly, day by day. He's remembering who he was. Mm-hmm. So. so, yeah, it's it's going to be, I think we're going to see indie Punk, pre-ROH Punk, eventually. Maybe not at Revolution, but I'd say probably by All Out, we will see pre ROH Punk. We then get the big tag team match of the night. The House of Black, Malachi Black, and Brody King versus Pac and Penta Oscuro, which is a different version of Penta L Zero Mirdo uh, with Alex Abrahantes. Um, what did you think of Penta's new look tonight? I'm okay with it, but drop Alex. He reminded me of Count. Dra or uh, not Count Dracula, uh, the Count from Sesame Street. Yeah, he, um, <laughs> he, he teased something on Twitter last night, and you know, I like Alex. I think he's a talent that AW can definitely use. He's good at what he does. I don't think Pinton needs him as a manager anymore, though. No, he doesn't. It he was doesn't. fun for a little bit, but um, you know, during especially during the pandemic and the Daily's Place era, but I don't think he needs him anymore. Nope. But and I was glad the announcers explained what this other version of Penta is and was because I wasn't too familiar with it. No, I had no clue. The little segment we saw where he went to the graveyard, I didn't know what was going on. Right. So this right. was all new to me, and this is all new to me, and I'm all <laughs> for it. It was a darker side of Penta for sure, all caused by the House of Black. Uh, the match opens up. Pack knocks Brody and Malachi to the outside. Penta takes both members of the House of Black out with a dive to the outside. Everyone recovers, and Pack and Black officially start this one out. 
Pack Nails Black with a 450 splash goes for the cover, but Black kicks out at two and a half. Pack tags, tags Penta in, who slams the Black, tosses him into the corner and tags Pack right back in. Black counters and tosses Pack into the opposite corner and makes the tag to uh, Brody King, who nails Pack with a slam and goes for the cover, but Pack kicks out at two as we head to a commercial break. Back from the break, Black and King are in control of the match. Black misses a knee on Pack, who slides out of the way, and Black nails King with an accidental knee. Pack then drills King with a front kick, then another, but King tosses him into the corner and looks for a splash, but eats a German suplex from Pack. Black makes the self-tag. Penta and Pack don't realize it. Black tried to spit the mist into Penta's face, but Penta blocks his mouth and makes Malachi choke on his own mist and rolls him up for the one, two, three. Were you surprised by the result of this match? I was, at first, I was. But then the post-match started within, you know, two seconds of the bell ringing. And then I became okay with it. Well, I don't like Malachi and really the House of Black taking a loss, but I thought it made sense because Pax seemed like he lost more matches than he probably should at this point in AEW. And right. Pinta with this character change, if this really is a version kind of like uh, Finn Balor's Demon, where he barely yeah. loses, then they can't have Pinta lose too much in this version. So I thought it made sense. Um, after the match, we saw Brody Keen attack both Pack and Penta. Malachi is washing the mist out of his mouth and retrieves Penta's shovel. Black lifts the shoulder um, or lifts a shovel over Penta's head, but the lights go out and Buddy Matthews appears. Black falls down in shock. Keen looks surprised as well. Matthews slowly walks around Black as the crowd is just chanting, going nuts. But, buddy, buddy. Yeah. Buddy then <laughs> drills Pack with a super kick and attacks Penta. King takes out all the security members who are coming down the ramp trying to make the save. Uh, Malachi stops Matthews from continuing his attack on Pack. Uh, King retrieves a steel chair. Matthews holds Penta in position. Black shouts instructions at Buddy, who doesn't look for sure like he knows what to do. Then Buddy drives Penta's face first right into the chair. The House of Black poses in the ring and the lights go out again. When they come back on, they're gone and we head to commercial break. So the House of Black's got his third me- member just like you predicted last week, Paul. Well, yeah. And I mean, I I even went back and rewatched the promo. There definitely was somebody that mm-hmm. walked in right behind Malachi. And it has to be Buddy. Yeah, I noticed it too. I, I mean, thought since Fightful kind of broke the news that he was in negotiations with AW. I thought this is where he would fit in. And I think yeah. it's perfect. These yeah. three are monsters, but yes. he looks great. He doesn't look like the same talent Ooh. he did in 205 Live. Yeah, he's um, definitely um, not 205 anymore. <laughs> I don't know what, a, even though he's not Buddy Murphy anymore, he's Buddy Matthews. I don't know about a guy named Buddy being in the House of Black, but all I, I won't pay attention to that. I am intrigued where the stable's going to go. Right. And still the same pants, though. Are, yeah. are we going to see those change? I would think his look will get a little darker. Um, but you know what I'm excited for when Ray Phoenix comes back? Give me that six-man tag oh, all yeah. day long. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There are a few six-mans that got set up tonight that I'm all for. Yep. So and, and I thought, I honestly, wait. I thought that uh, Ray Phoenix was going to come out, make the save, and then Buddy was going to debut. See, that's what I was expecting, too. I'm like, all right, there's no refs coming down. There's no security. There's no nothing. Phoenix is coming back tonight. He's going to make the save, and then we'll see Buddy show up. Right. But nope, we just got Buddy instead, and I'm like, all right, I'm okay with this, too. Worked out perfectly fine. 
Absolutely. After commercial break, we were coming up on a segment. I got to be honest. I wasn't really looking forward to, and this was the face-to-face confrontation between Eddie Kingston and Chris Jericho, and boy, did it ever deliver. (laughs) That's why I titled tonight's episode A Night of Classic Promos, because we got not only one in MJF, we got a classic promo from both Chris Jericho and Eddie Kingston tonight. Absolutely. I was... I, I couldn't figure out why they were going to do a match, you know, apart from the pride and powerful thing. And I'm like, okay, you know, that that's a reason for a match. So what winner gets to keep Santana and Ortiz, you know? Yeah. And yeah. then this happened and I was like, okay, give me a match. I'm ready for this. Yeah. It, it's, it, and there's way too much in this oh. program. I mean, I'm going to tell everybody to go watch this. If you haven't already, it's another yes. one that took Twitter by storm, but I'm going to try to pick out some bullet points from it, but I'm not going to go word by word. Cause it's just too much. Um, but basically Eddie wants to fight. He wants to fight Jericho. He keeps saying he wants to fight him. And since Jericho won't fight him. Yeah. Yeah. This is a wrestling company. This is not sports entertainment. Unlike it is down the road. He says he wants to fight Jericho since Jericho won't fight him. He shouts out to Tony Khan for Chris Statlander and Willow Nightingale, which was an awesome shout out for her to come and fight because this is a wrestling company, not an entertainment company. If Jericho wants to go back to an entertainment company, he can go back down the block. where That's where WWE headquarters is, of course. Jericho says they are just down the road from WWE or Stanford, as he said, but uh, he'll give uh, Kingdom some sports entertainment, but it'll actually be entertaining. thought that was a pretty good line. Uh, Jericho says he's going to tell Eddie Kingston the story about Eddie Kingston. He says everyone was excited when Eddie signed with AEW, but he had no clue who he was, and he thought they were talking about Eddie Edwards. Then he saw Kingston and realized he had never heard of him because he looks like a jobber. Jericho says he saw Eddie's match against What's-His-Name, a.k.a. Cody. Cody. Then he saw Kingston's promo and thought he was good, very good. Jericho says he thought Eddie had what it takes to get to the top and told Eddie himself that it wouldn't be long until he reached the top because the fans love him. Jericho says it was such a feel-good story for Eddie who overcame his physical and mental issues, and after over 20 years on the independent scene, he finally made it to the big time in AEW at 38 years old. Jericho says he doesn't give two shits about Eddie's sob story because he's uh, jealous of him, Jericho. Jericho says he made it worldwide at 22 years old, and by the time he was 38, he had made, invented countless pay-per-views, won world championships all around the world, and made millions of dollars, and deep down, Eddie knows he can never be at his level. Kingston asked Jericho if he wants a cookie, and says the only reason Jericho made have been all those shows is because he, Kingston, wasn't there. Eddie says he doesn't talk to the promoters and gets people's legs cut out, and he tells the promoters to screw off because he's got to look out for himself in the mirror and he says he doesn't want to talk to Jericho because all he's doing is sucking the blood out of him his blood is too tough for Jericho Eddie says he'd rather do things his own he wants to fight Eddie challenges Jericho to a match revolution Jericho says he'll answer the question but first he wants to ask Eddie a question he asks Eddie if he knows what uh achieve a phobia I believe it how's how do you pronounce it phobia yeah and he says he has a GAD, GED, so no, he doesn't. I thought that was funny. <laughs> yeah. Jericho says it means someone that's scared of success, which describes Eddie to a T. Jericho says he knows Eddie's family history and knows that Eddie's first hero was his uncle, who was a failure, and his father, who was also a failure. And Eddie knows he's going to be a failure himself. Jericho says Eddie can't win the big one, and when it comes to challenging Jericho at a pay-per-view, he's the big one. Not Moxie, not Punk, not Paige, nobody. If he wants the big one at Revolution, he's got it. Jericho says if Eddie beats him, he'll look Eddie in the face and tell him, he has, um, he has his utmost respect. Eddie warned Jericho and says 
that it's great that they have a match, but he doesn't want the Jericho that fought Orange Cassidy in the Mimosa, in the Mimosa match. He doesn't want the one who got tossed off the cage by MGF. He wants the first AW World Champion, Chris Jericho. He wants Chris Jericho that turned WCW upside down, and if he doesn't, he'll eat Jericho alive. He also said he wants the one that his buddy Levesque, a.k.a. Paul Levesque, Triple H, doesn't like. Uh, Jericho says Eddie will get that Chris Jericho at Revolution, and he can see it in Eddie's eyes that he doesn't believe in himself that he can beat Jericho and says that Eddie's a loser, and that's all he'll ever be. Jericho tells production to hit his music, and which they do, and he walked out of the ring. You know, this was fantastic. There's just one thing I wanted one of these two to do. What was that? You just made the list. <laughs> you just Some made... type of reference to the list of Jericho. Hey, just he's the because... influencer now. I, I, yeah, I just caught that tonight. A new new name for him. First time I've heard that was tonight. Yeah. Why? I, I guess it's because he's blowing up all over social media. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, but man, the crowd loves themselves. Some Eddie Kingston have since last year's Revolution. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Every time he took a shot at Jericho or WWE, it was Eddie, Eddie. Hopefully, this year's Revolution goes better for Eddie than, than last year. <sighs> I don't think he's going to get... See, that didn't get brought up either. I mean, Jericho could have gone, you know what, at least I've made it through, you know, when he's talking about the Mimosa match and getting tossed off, he could have gone, at least I didn't jump on a man over some sparklers. Yeah. But it was (laughs) interesting how he brought up that Eddie can't win the big one because Eddie lost to Mox in Full Gear 2020 main event. He lost a big match this uh, 2021 All Out to Punk. Not All Out, uh, Full Gear to Punk. Um, so he lost, lost to, big to Cody. Match. Yep. Yep. So, uh, yeah. But the, yep. this tonight's promo made me way more invested in, in next Sunday's match. Cause I going in and I couldn't care less about it. Exactly. I, I, I couldn't figure it out. This promo s- pulled me in. Yep. We then got a, a face of the revolution, uh, qualifying match between Ricky Starks with powerhouse Hobbs and Taz versus 10 of the dark order. Uh, Tins the aggressor early and often in the match, like he kind of was last week, throwing bodyguards around uh, before he ended up losing on Rampage to Adam Cole. But uh, trying to make Tin look big and tough, which I like, a different side of Tin than we've seen in a while. He tosses Ricky into the corner and nails him with a splash, then a shoulder tackle, and he uh, scoops and slams the FTW champion as we head to commercial break. Back from break, Starks nails Tin with a neck breaker and a corner spear. Tin comes roaring back with some strikes, then a full Nelson, and then locks in a headlock. Starks grabs at Tin's mask, spins him around, and nails him with a spear for the one, two, three in the win. So Ricky Starks is a second member of Team Taz, along with Powerhouse Hobbs, qualify for the Face of the Revolution match. We also have Wardlow qualified and Keith Lee. And we have another match on Rampage this Friday between Orange Cassidy and Anthony Bowens. Spoiler alert, Cassidy's going to win that one. Oh, so that'll absolutely. be five of the six. Got to assume the six will be a surprise, like usual. Yeah, yeah. Who do you think absolutely. that might be? Uh whew, I should have known you were going to ask me. Sorry, I got distracted by uh, some other non-wrestling breaking news. Um, man, I don't know. It could be a lot of people. You know, I I've heard it come up again. Wyndham. I don't think it's going to be Wyndham, though. Yeah. So I, there are so many names out there. I'm just going to go out there and say we've got Jay White. I think it'll be somebody from the Bullet Club. Okay. 
yeah, I mean, Jay White turned on, on Tama Tonga and reunited him and uh, Chris Bay reunited with um, the Good Brothers. So I definitely yep. think we're going to see some more Bullet Club in AEW. Um, and I know his brother has been on record saying his contract or his 90 days is up March 9th. Next Sunday is March 6th. But what about Jeff Hardy? Jeff Hardy debuting in a ladder match? It would fit. It would fit. And supposedly, I tried to watch on YouTube. I couldn't hear very well. There's a guy on YouTube that has like 300-some subscribers on his channel. He interviewed Jeff Hardy backstage at a concert. It's like nine minutes long. Supposedly, Jeff Hardy pretty much leaked that he's going to AEW. And the interview. I tried to listen to some of it during Dynamite, but I was paying too much attention to Dynamite. I couldn't hear the video very well on, the, on YouTube. So go check that out if you can find it, I guess. Yeah, Absolutely. Then backstage, we see Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish, and Adam Cole. We then see the Young Bucks, Matt and Nick Jackson, uh, quickly interrupt. And they say that they were uh, double-crossed by uh, Red Dragon. Matt says it's okay because they have another chance to qualify next week in the battle, Casino Battle Royale, I guess they're calling it. Battle Royale, whatever. Um, yeah. And when they do, they're going to kick KOR and Fish's ass at Revolution. The Bucks walk out and Cole shouts at both Kyle O'Reilly and Fish that they need to get along with Matt and Nick. He's got too much other things to worry about. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish are visibly, visibly frustrated and walked out. More seeds, Paul. More seeds. Yeah, and uh, I think it was last week or the week before. Um, I said it's going to end up being the Bucks, Red Dragon, Jurassic yep. Express for yep. the gold. Yep. So yep. I'm still I sticking. Right. I'm still sticking by that. I will put my belt on the line. If the Bucks do not win next week, the belt is yours. Even just though, in I time for to me to win anything. it back. Okay, I'll take you up on that. I, mm-hmm. I think you're right. I think the Bucks will win next week. But if they lose, I will take that championship. I will go to Revolution and I will successfully defend it. So you will lose it. We will see. <laughs> uh, we then got our women's match of the night. It was for the TBS championship. Jade Cargill, the champion with Mark Sterling, defending against the bunny with Matt Hardy. Um, once again, I forgot she was even in that alliance. Yeah. Um, uh, Jade Cargill showcases her power early and often, tossing the bunny to the ropes, then to the mat. Bunny comes back, tosses Jade into the corner, goes for a running clothesline, but Cargill m- meets her with a boot to the face. Cargill locks up Bunny's arm. Bunny then slides out and tosses Cargill over the ropes and onto the apron. She knocks her off the apron with an elbow and tosses her into the barricade as we head into commercial break. Back from the break, Cargill nailed Bunny with the spine buster. Matt Hardy tosses brass knuckles to Bunny, but Mark Sterling gives Jade Cargill the TBS title. Cargill blocks a shot from Bunny in the brass knuckles with the belt. Both Mark Sterling and Matt Hardy get booted from ringside, and Cargill retains the title with, with, with the Widow's Peak for the three count. This? Then we saw uh, Tay Conte run in and um, confront Jade. We saw the bunny beat her up, and then we saw Anna Jay come in from the save. Yeah. Um, way late there, Anna. Good job. Jeez. Yeah. Making out with yeah. Jungle Boy and pay attention. <laughs> oh, uh, no, I'm I'm excited to see Tay Conte actually get some true time for that belt. Right. She yeah. deserves it. She's worked her way up. I'm not saying it just because she's dating Sammy. Although the TNT TBS power couple would be kind of cool. Yep. <laughs> yep. But I don't think Ty's going to win it off of no, her. No, I, I don't think they're going to pull it off Jade for a while. No, not this soon. They only nope. did that to Cody. Or what's his yep. name? Yep. 
Uh, back from the break and ahead of the main event, it's announced that this year's Double or Nothing pay-per-view will take place where it all began Sunday, May 29th in Las Vegas. But instead of the MGM Grand this time, it's going to be from T the T-Mobile Arena, which can hold up to 20000 um, for a hockey game for the uh, Golden Knights. I don't think it will be set up for 20000 but it could be like fifteen or so. Yeah. So yeah, bigger we'll, venues. Will uh, Tanner Lee be in Las Vegas this year? I that wish. Is the question. I wish. Probably not. Yeah. I have never been to Las Vegas, so I either of us there eventually. And this would be a great holiday weekend to do it, but I would say very slim chance. <laughs> very very slim chance. Maybe next year. We'll start saving now for next year. Right. Right. <laughs> Got to get to one of the pay per views eventually. Yes. We then got the main event tonight: Brian Danielson versus Daniel Garcia, technical uh, wrestler fans' dream match. You get the the uh, old vet against twenty three year old Daniel Garcia, who you can tell how highly this company thinks of this kid with the matches they oh, put him in. Yeah, and he is he is a fantastic wrestler. Yeah, we've they got lo- some lock- great talent here. Oh yeah. They lock up to start start the match. Brian got the better of the exchanges and tosses Garcia to the corner before shouting at him to come back and lock up again. They lock right back up. Garcia unloads chops to Brian's chest. Brian ankle picks him and locks Garcia's legs up and starts unloading strikes to his midsection. Uh, Brian Danielson then looked for the LaBelle lock. Garcia rolls to the ropes and ends up in the LaBelle lock. But Garcia swings his legs and grabs the bottom rope to force the rope break. Uh, Brian then slaps Garcia on on the back, Garcia hooks him in, in the jaw. Brian clubs Garcia with an uppercut, but Garcia launches himself off the ropes and drills Brian in the back back of the leg with, with a shoulder as we head to commercial break. Back from the break, Brian tosses Garcia to the outside and launches him into the ring post. He then tosses Garcia back into the ring, goes up top, and lays Garcia out with a missile drop kick. Brian works over Garcia's left leg and locks up a leg lock. Garcia, though, slid out, but Brian nails him with a back suplex into a pin combination, but Garcia slid out of that. Brian then locks in the cattle mutilation. Garcia powers out, but gets caught on the the temple with a kick from Brian. They lock up in a test of strength and trade off shoulders, elbows, and punches. Brian slaps Garcia in the face. Garcia catches an elbow strike and fires an elbow that nails Brian in the jaw. Brian trips up Garcia, locks in the triangle choke, and Garcia goes to sleep. Quickly goes so to sleep. Many holds in that match. Yeah, After I just match, want to see these two in a submission match. I know. After the match, Brian says that that's exactly what he wanted to see. Brian asks the crowd if Garcia was violent enough. They cheer, but Matt Lee and Jeff Parker of 2.0 attack Brian Danielson. Moxley's music hits. The crowd goes crazy. Moxley makes his way through the ring. Liam Parker retreat. Garcia tries to sneak behind Moxley with a chair, but he eats a paradigm shift from Moxley after Brian took the chair out of Garcia's hands. Brian and Moxley stare at each other down as the crowd's gone crazy, chanting, this is awesome. Brian says he doesn't need a chair to make anyone bleed. If they must bleed together before teaming together, Moxley's got it. His match at Revolution. Brian then tells Moxley not to be surprised if he's the only one bleeding. They stare each other down face-to-face as the show goes off the air. They were a little too close for comfort there. (laughs) Nose to nose. uh, Nose to nose. Good stuff. I like this intriguing possibility of them teaming together after they pull off what's going to be a classic at Revolution. Oh, absolutely. I like Daniel Garcia being in the mix, Lee Moriarty, all these younger talents. This could be pretty fun depending on what route they go. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, You know, we've seen um, 
a lot of young talent getting showcased here lately, and I'm all for it. You know, you text me today. You finally got a chance to listen to last week's KOP. You're like, lots of praises from you for Lee. And there was because mm-hmm. the kid delivered last week. Yep. Daniel Garcia mm-hmm. delivered this week. Right. They're uh, seeing if some of these guys can sink or swim and they're swimming. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. Um, and, and, and why we're talking about that, there was two other announcements regarding AW today broke by Fightful. Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful Select. Subscribe to Fightful Select for uh, as low as $5 a month. It's definitely worth it. Um, rumor had it that um, ROH champion Jonathan Gresham was going to be backstage tonight at AEW. And he might have been, but we didn't see him on TV. But that's intriguing to hear that he might be working in AEW in some capacity. Yep. Yeah, and uh, Swerve. Or, yeah. Swerve, yep. Swerve uh, signed a supposedly signed a deal with AEW, and he gave a winky face emoji with a mm-hmm. retweet to that. Uh, that was, was a guy who was uh, used well in NXT, got called up, never really got used right um, in WWE, and, they, and he was part of the releases. And I think he will be a featured predominantly on AEW television from like mid card up to the main event. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, um, as we're talking about things for today, uh, I was going to mention it during the segment, but I wanted to move on and get to the other stuff. Uh, You were right. It was great for Eddie to shout out to the women because we need a second women's match. And that would have been a perfect spot for it if it wasn't such a great promo. Right. And that Shane Swerve Strickland to get his name fully. There we go. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. Lots of swerve mentions here lately, and uh, I guess he called Cody out pretty good too last week. Yes, yes. A so. um, couple more things here I want to hit on before yeah. we get into our wrestler tonight and our overall rating for the show. Um, Tony Khan still promising that something big and important is on its way to AEW. Um, he is, is announced today tonight a fight full that he said. Uh, tonight's episode of AEW Dynamite saying that he is currently under a non-disclosure agreement, but that something like the first dance is heading for the company. He can't give an exact date yet, but he's asking fans to please stay tuned to AEW programming as it is coming very soon. I'm trying to remember first dance. That's where Punk debuted on Rampage. Okay, so it's it called the first game. dance. That's right. That's right. I don't think it. I don't think it'll be a talent debut. Think it'll be a company. I think we're getting a super show. I, I think, think we're so a too. Super show with New Japan Impact, possibly in WA. I think so too. I think Tony Khan's yeah. been on record as a big Bullet Club fan. I think he wants to do something big with the Bullet Club. He got a lot of members. Now it can't be a complete story because AJ Styles and Finn Balor and WWE and Cody Rhodes supposedly going back to WWE. So. You're not going to get the whole complete story, but you got enough pieces with all those other companies that you can make something special happen. Absolutely. And I'm all for it. Yep. Yep. So I think that would be my guess. If not, maybe it's a stadium show of some sort that they haven't tried yet. I I don't know. I don't think it's a talent acquisition or anything like that. Because I don't know anybody big enough that would. I mean, Wyndham Rotunga, a.k.a. Bray White, is probably the biggest name out there that they could get, and that's not going to be a – you know, first dance CM Punk type signing. Right. Right. 
but um, yeah, there's that. And also today, did you see that uh, AEW has their awards section open for voting? Yes, AEWawards.com. Yes, I did my vote earlier today, but I wanted to get your opinion. I have not done it yet. Okay, well, <laughs> let me type it up here. And uh, what did you say it was? AEWawards.com. Pulling it up right now. Start yes. voting. You'll get my votes as they happen. <laughs> well, since you got uh, them up there, go ahead and go over each category and I'll give you who I voted for. Uh, best moment on the mic. Your nominees are CM Punk's return. Brian Danielson calls out Kenny Omega. Britt Baker welcomes fans to Pittsburgh. MJF thinks the Midwest is mid. And Eddie Kingston is sent to punish Miro. I voted for Punk. So did I. So did I. Of course, all of those were great. Um, Nothing wrong with any of them. No. But uh, probably my, my least favorite would be the... Britt Baker thing, but that's that's a whole nother point. <laughs> no, actually, uh, social media loved the uh, Midwest is mid, so that's yep. got a good chance of winning. Uh, best Twitter follow: Nyla Rose, The Young Bucks, MJF, Doctor Britt Baker, or Orange Cassidy. All good accounts. I love the Young Bucks always updating their bios, but I gotta go with MJF. I agree. I agree, and that's actually who I voted for. <laughs> <laughs> uh, biggest beat down men of the year send Darby Allen on a trip. Brian Danielson kicks Colt Cabana's tooth out. The pinnacle takes down the inner circle at blood and guts. Hangman Adam Page goes 60 with Brian Danielson or Thunder Rosa takes down Dr. Britt Baker DMD. Thought these were all good. I mean, uh, the Darby one, I had forgotten about that until it was on there and he went <laughs> down those steps at Daly's place. Um, yeah, I actually went with Thunder Rosa taking Britt down. I did too. We had talked about that uh, when we did our picks uh, mm-hmm. at the end of the year. Uh, biggest surprise Adam Cole, Brian Danielson debut. Uh, Darby Allen's return is the invisible man. Oh, I remember that now. Uh, the formation of the pinnacle, Young Bucks turn on John Moxley, or Mercedes Martinez arrives in AEW. I almost went with the pinnacle because that was really shocking to me because I didn't see those stars aligning and they were happening like it did. But I went with Cole and Danielson. Danielson was definitely rumored. I kind of expected that all out, but I did not see Adam Cole coming. So I had been saying for months, it's you Adam did. Cole time, and you I kept saying, no, anyway. no, not happening. What do I know? Uh, biggest WTF moment, Matt Jackson tracked Travis Scott's shoe, uh, MJF's Long Island homecoming, Moxley and Kingston take a drive, the New Year's Eve street fight, or hangman Adam Page turns down the Dark Order. I did the street fight. That was a bloody, gory street fight between those ladies. Yes, I, I agree with you on that one. Breakout star, female. Jade Cargill, Jamie Hayter, Ty Conti, Chris Statlander, Red Velvet. And Jade Cargill. You think so? Yeah, I don't think it's close. I know, sadly. 
I mean, they're all great names. They all did great things. Oh, sure. I mean, 27 and 0 speaks for itself. <laughs> yeah. 28 now, isn't it? Yep. I think 28 as of tonight. Uh, breakout male star. Dante Martin, Jungle Boy, Sammy Guevara, Ricky Starks, or Hook? All good ones. I could definitely see the fans voting Hook to win this, but I voted for Sammy. So did I. The thing is, I'm reading them all off to you, and I select my one as I go. Uh, High Flyer, Penta L Zero, uh, Dante Martin, Ray Phoenix, Pac, or Riho? I've been on record saying I think uh, Ray Phoenix is the best high flyer in all professional wrestling. Now I'm sticking to that, but for this one for last year in itself, I'm going Dante Martin. Okay. I did go with uh, Ray Phoenix on this one. Fair. Best AEW fashion moment. Ty Conte at full gear. Dr. Britt Baker, DMDs, Britsburg jacket. Hakara Shida's anniversary dress, Jericho as Painmaker, the Super Elite as the Toon Squad. I went with the Super Elite as the Toon Squad. I like Space Jam, so that was yeah. fun. I actually, uh, over the weekend, bought a uh, hoodie that's got Bugs Bunny on it and it says Toon Squad on it. So nice. I had to go with that one. Nice. Best tag team brawl. Young Bucks versus the Lucha Bros in a steel cage match. Best Archer. Tag match of the year. <laughs> Archer and Suzuki versus Moxley and Kingston. Sting and Darby versus 2.0. Lucha Bros again versus Jurassic Express in the Tag Team Eliminator Finals or the New Year's Eve Street Fight. New Year's Eve Street Fight was great. Um, that was my number two choice of these, but I went with the Tag Team of the Year or the Tag Team Match of the Year, in my opinion, the Bucks against the Lucha Bros and Steel Cage Match it all out. Best Mike Duel. Uh, I went with the New Year's Eve street fight. Uh, Best Mike duel, MJF and Punk on Thanksgiving Eve. Uh, Dr. Britt Baker, Ruby Soho. Inner Circle, Pinnacle, have a parlay. (laughs) That was still fun. Yeah. Hangman Adam Page meets Brian Danielson. The Inner Circle calls out Dan Lambert. I went with Punk Punk and MJF on Thanksgiving Eve. Hands down. I mean, the rest were great moments, but how can you, how can you get away from that? Yes. Wrestler of the year. This includes both male and female stars. Brian Danielson, Dr. Britt Baker, Kenny Omega, Hangman Adam Page, Darby Allen, Akira Shida, and Miro. Well, if I was picking women, I'd pick Dr. Britt Baker, but, um, and men, I would pick who I ultimately picked. Former wrestler of the year, and that was Kenny Omega. Yep. Uh, and that's it. That's all of mm-hmm. them. Well, we're talking wrestlers. Who was your wrestler of the night? <sighs> this was tough because there were a lot of names that I wanted. Are you to going with the loser again tonight? No, I am not. Okay. I am actually going with Ricky Starks because the moving of the mask he wasn't trying to fully pull the mask off he wanted to adjust the mask so that he had to put him down to fix it that is brilliant Mm -hmm. i love it and i think we've both been on record saying starks is a star and they're not using him like they should and we're kind of seeing that now i don't think he's going to win the ladder match but at least he's getting a chance to be in it right right be a chance to maybe a double champion yeah, showcase that FTW title a little more than they have been. 
A lot of guys you could pick from tonight. Um, like you said, you know, Penta and Pack get a big win. Jay gets a solid title defense. Uh, Brian Danielson gets a good win in the main event, but Daniel Garcia kind of shines in it. Um, Kyle Riley and Bobby Fish get the win in the tag team um, battle royal. But I'm going to go with an individual I thought shined in the battle royal in Louisiana for that's John Silver. Yes. I thought crowd was behind him. He oh, had some man. good solo spots. I thought he came away looking like a big time player in that match. So absolutely, absolutely. Um, one and thing course, I was disappointed. Go ahead. Sorry. And of course, uh, the easy pick would have been Buddy in his debut. Sure. But, uh, that's probably going to be AEW's pick, and we're trying to get away from having the same pick as AEW. <laughs> I, bet they, I bet they go with Brian Danielson. Probably. Probably. Yeah. They'll go He's either like Buddy or uh, yeah. It'll be one of those um, two. One thing I was disappointed about tonight's show, no Wardlow. That was disappointing. Yeah, we've had Wardlow on TV every week for so long, and now no Wardlow. I, I yeah, agree. Yeah, I think there was just, night in Rampage. I think there was just too much action with that well, captain by the Royal. Last, last week's Dynamite, excuse me, not Friday. Yes. And I think uh, I don't think we'll see him again next week because the other tag team battle royal. Yep. And I really hope they start off the show with that again. Yeah, we're also getting a uh, trios match: Alex Silver, John Silver, Alex Randall's John Silver, <laughs> and Hangman Page versus uh, Red Dragon and Adam Cole. Mm-hmm. I want to see them refer to him as Budge during the match once. Yeah. Or or reference the air bass or the air guitar or the flute or something i want them to bring this week's bte bit back to tv i think it would fit and a trios match is the perfect place for it i agree rating for the next show you know what i'm going with a nine that's exactly what i'm going with there were so many great segments between promos or just great matches. I, I mean, how can you not give it a nine? It was a nine of classic promos. I mean, MJF yeah. and then Kingston and Jericho. That's the biggest takeaway yeah. for me from the show. But the matches were great. I thought the flow of the show was good tonight. Almost like like I I like. It's not too slow, not too fast. Yeah, this is um, perfect. I was invested in everything tonight. I thought I thought everything was good. I yeah. had really no complaints except no Warlow, and I'm a big yeah. Warlow guy, so. I, I will admit that uh, at the start, I was not digging Jade versus the Bunny. But once that match started rolling, I got into it. So they I did think commentary at times tonight. I thought they were a little sloppy at the beginning of the tag team match. Forgot um, Silver was in the match. Yeah, and the graphics, they weren't keeping up with the graphics correctly. I thought JR was a little grumpy at times tonight. And I thought Excalibur was, and maybe he had to for timer constraints. He was really fast when reading some of the uh, matches at Revolution and the matches coming up Friday at Rampage and next week. It was kind of hard to follow without yeah. rewinding and kind of watching it again. But um, that's just a little nitpicky things by me. Nothing huge. I did like uh, JR and Taz's little segment there when Taz Stocks. refers to Ricky Stocks. Stocks. And JR's like, yeah. Stocks. And yeah. Taz is like, there you go. And he's yeah. like, I got it. Yeah, yeah, that was that cool little, you know, it's like JR was truly excited again, and it was nice to see. Yeah, and and JR's been on record lately saying his contract is coming up soon, but he wants to be back if they want him back. He doesn't really want to go anywhere else. So, right, 
Yeah, he and I mean that doesn't mean he won't retire, right? And uh, he and Shivani kind of said both similar things about Cody Rhodes' departure. They wish him the best of luck. They've both known him since he's little. Shivani said he was shocked on a scale of one to ten. He it was a ten. He said he was completely shocked. So, no, I think a lot of us were. I think, I think the EVPs were shocked. I think I think a lot of talent shocked. I think. Yeah, I don't really think anybody saw it coming, and but I am glad yeah. to see Dustin Rhodes is going to stay with the company. Absolutely, and uh, shout out to the Bucks for how they handled it on BTE at yeah, the that start. Was funny. Oh, that was what great. the hell happened to Cody? Yeah. Uh, oh, this wasn't about Cody. Wait, what they the hell always, to Cody? They always handle stuff like that so well. So. Yep. Yep. And yep. Fuego Two is still in Sammy's vlogs intro. So <laughs> I didn't notice that, but yeah, they never say anything about Fuego Two. Exactly. Fuego Two could still be under contract. <laughs> oh Lord. Maybe Cody's oh, retired and Fuego 2's coming full time. Yeah. We'll see how it all shakes <laughs> out. But uh, looking forward to next week's show. We will have not only our recap of next week's dynamite, but our revolution predictions. The title is finally on the line for the first time in 2022. Can't no, wait. it's on the line next week. <laughs> oh well, yeah. Yeah. The yeah. Yeah, if the Bucks somehow don't win, I, I guess I'm the new title holder, but yeah, for a week. Yeah, but uh, I'm looking forward to our prediction show. It's always, uh, we do four a year. It's always one of my favorite episodes. There it is. <laughs> had there. to bring it out. Yep. Expect you mentioned it. Less. I had to show it. Expect nothing less. It's what champions do, baby. Yep. Yep, it's, uh, <laughs> it's ready to come home. So. Uh, it is home. What are you talking about? <laughs> But wrap uh, us up, Paul. We've talked yeah. enough tonight. <laughs> With that being said, be sure to follow Kicking Out Podcast on all social media at Kicking Out Pod. Be sure to listen to us everywhere you listen to your podcast. If that happens to be Apple Podcast, be sure to leave us a five star rating. Help us get up the rankings. We want to be the number one AEW recapping podcast, and we can't do it without your help. So be sure to give us a five star rating, like Meltzer does. Also gives us five stars. Yes. Oh. <laughs> and uh, be sure to go follow Tanner Lee on social media at Tanner Lee 92. Follow myself at Paul Zartman 921. And with that, for Tanner Lee, I'm Paul Zartman. Join us again next week as we kick out yet another podcast. <laughs>